Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Here we feature mostly cop and detective shows, plus adventure, plus surprise. You never know, but it's the best from the golden age of radio. We'll guarantee that. For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Enjoy! Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment, Edmund O'Brien as... Johnny Dollar. Frank Gaber at Monarch Live, Johnny. You free for about a week? What's the deal? The name is James, Mrs. Martin James. She disappeared May 25th. Her husband's a wealthy contractor in the Denver area. What's the policy price? 200000 She better not be dead. According to the police, there's very little possibility that she's anything else. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you Edmund O'Brien in another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert. Adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Monarch Life Insurance Company, Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Attention, Mr. Frank Gaber. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during investigation of the Barbara James matter. Expense account item one, $73.87, transportation to Denver, Colorado. Expense account item two, $2.30, taxi fare from airport to police headquarters, where I spent a few minutes getting myself up to date. Detective Lieutenant Harrison locked his hands in the back of his head, leaned back in his swivel chair, and filled me in on the meager facts. And a swimming pool. Mm, he must have loved her. Well, he could afford it. And tennis courts, anything to hang on to it. See, Dollar, he's one of these silly old fools dreaming of a sparkling youth. What about his wife? She was 28. I, uh, 
picture over here. Now, would somebody like this be interested in a 50-year-old baldy with a paunch? For money? She was originally. When she got all the money she wanted, she started cavorting. It's my guess that's what happened. What am I saying? My guess, that's what did happen. Up till the time she disappeared, anyhow. Married long? Three years. No children. Her first husband was under contract to one of the movie studios. He lost his contract, went to New York to starve a while, found he had no wife when he got back to Hollywood. Don't tell me. James met his wife in Reno. Reno it was. He had just let go of something his own age. Wanted a little romance before he died. Six weeks ago, he called up the department and said she was missing. In the last six weeks, he's aged ten years. Looks like a very unhealthy 60 now. Mm. Nothing from the travel bureaus, out-of-town hotels? Nothing from railroad stations, bus depots, airports, auto rental services, other police stations in the U.S. and Canada, etc., etc., etc. So? After six weeks, murder. Expense account item three, $1.50 taxi fare to the lush mansion of Mr. Martin James. On the way over, partly for pleasure, partly for business, I studied the glamour photo of the missing girl. She was standing beside a swimming pool in a bathing suit, smiling at whoever was taking the picture. She was quite a girl. The James place was a colonial-style museum piece up on a hill overlooking the city. A pretty young thing in a nurse's uniform met me at the door, took my name, and disappeared behind two high oak doors. In a moment, she was back. She ushered me into Mr. Martin James. Mr. James looked very old. His legs were wrapped in a patch quilt. One hand clutched the collar of his bathrobe about his throat. The other hand held a glass of milk. Uh, how do you do? Sit down, won't you? Oh, thank you, Martha. That'll be all. I know your suspicions, Mr. Dollar. My answer is no. I'm not at all sure she hasn't run off with a younger man. But all the ticket officers oh, should... she'd use another name. Mm, very possibly. You see, Mr. Dollar, Barbara married me for my money. I married her for her youth and her beauty. Uh, it was a decent enough arrangement until she became dissatisfied. Uh, yes, I suppose I was a fool. Then you think she left you? If I ever allowed myself to really believe that, uh, I wouldn't want to live. I can stand the news that she's ill, oh yes, or even that she's dead, but not that she's left me. And I sit here day after day telling myself that maybe, in a small way, she loved me. And what do you think did happen to her? I don't know, but she would have sent me some notification, postcard, anything. You know, there was a strain of sweetness in there. She found it very difficult to be unkind. Well, she had a conscience, Mr. Dollar. Tell me, how did you discover she was missing? Rita came home one night. She said she was going out. We had a quarrel. It was the only time I ever raised my voice to her. She stormed out of the house, didn't even take any of her things. You know any of her close friends who left town? No, I don't. But, of course, I didn't know all of her close friends. I suppose not. Well, Mr. James... Can you suggest any of her friends that I might start with? No, Mr. Dollar. Although I suppose Bennett would be as good as any. Who's Bennett? Oh, he runs the Yellow Bird Cafe, a nightclub downtown. I always had the idea he was number one on the list. The Yellow Bird Cafe. Well, thanks, Mr. James. If I hear anything new, I'll let you know. Thank you, Mr. Dollar. Oh, one more thing. Yes? If you find her... 
And she did leave me. Tell her she needn't come back. Expense account item three, 90 cents, taxi fare to the Yellow Bird Cafe, a blue-lighted night spot. In a minute or two, I was seated opposite a slick-haired leading man in a dinner jacket. From the size of the bills on his desk, I'd say his wallet was pretty well-dressed, too. Don't look at him too long. He'll burn your eyes out. Must be awful to have to rake all that off the lawn every morning. Oh, I just wanted to impress you. That's a whole week's sake. Denver isn't what I call a good club town. My place in Frisco does much better. The only town worse than Denver for club trade is Cleveland. Cleveland pulls in the gutters at 6 p.m. Well, I'll keep that in mind if I ever get the urge to open up a clip joint. I'm here about Barbara James. Funny how that name keeps cropping up. I suppose it'll keep cropping up until somebody finds her. Do you have any ideas? Sure, lots of ideas. She could have crossed against the light, fallen into the great divide, thumbed her way to Hungary. You're a comedian. Oh, now look, Dollar. I'll tell you when I told the lieutenant. I don't know anything about it. And if you insurance rubes had any brains, you'd check with the cops first before making fools out of yourself. You saw quite a bit of it. Saw, that's right, saw. That was a long time ago. Listen, guy, I got a book in my pocket with names of girls to make Barbara James look silly. Now, why should I take away an old man's child bride? That's not the way I heard it. All right, for laughs, sure, I used to take her out. She was lonely. She used to come in here and sit alone at a table. I had nothing else to do. We'd dance, I'd buy her a few drinks. That was it. She gave you the brush, Bennett. Oh, yeah, sure. You don't like to be given the brush. Anytime I can't hang on to a dame like Barbara. She gave you the brush and you didn't like it. All right! All right, Dollar, she gave me the brush. I took that girl and gave her a new life. She was stuck with that old guy up there on the hill. She poured out her heart to me. Told me how it was to live up there. Well, I listened to all that. Listened like I was interested. And she turned around and kicked me. Who'd she run off with? I should remember. Your cooperation would be appreciated. Oh, get out of here. I'm busy. Thanks. You've been a big help. I hope you find her. Dead. Expense account item four, three dollars for two drinks, one for me, one for the young lady I dragged away from the dice table. Two drinks later, I was a lot better informed. You know, if he catches me talking to you, I'll probably be fired. If he catches you, you'll deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I bet they were quite a team, this Bennett and Barbara. She gave him the brush. That's what everyone says. You, um, you think she's dead? I don't draw any conclusions without having the facts. Bennett hates to be brushed. So do I. Bennett started this place on money he borrowed from James. Now, that's a new thought. Mm-hmm. Here's another. Barbara James's first husband is in town. I didn't catch the name. Fred Fogel. Another leading man. Another leading man. Yeah. I think that's worth another drink. Uh-oh. Here comes Bennett. Hey, where's this Vogel staying? The Parkson. Goodbye now. Well, I see you're pumping the help. Oh, just browsing. Browse elsewhere, huh? Right. Well, it's been swell. Wait a minute, Dollar. What did she tell you? We discussed baseball. Come on, sit down, Dollar. Make up your mind. All right, sit down. Yeah. Look, Dollar, I don't know where Barbara James is, and for all I care, she's at the bottom of the ocean, but there are a few things that have nothing to do with this case which I would hate to have circulated around. Every man has personal matters. I'm glad you recognize it. Now, come on, what did she tell you? You didn't tell me Vogel was in town. Is he? What's he doing here? How should I know? All right, Bennett, forget it. But listen, this girl, this dice girl, 
Now, don't go firing her or anything. I appreciate your interest in her welfare, Dollar, but I keep her for all the things she doesn't say. Finish your drink, Dollar. Ice is melting. I walked to the parson and asked the desk clerk for Mr. Fred Vogel. He was out. I waited an hour. At 3 a.m., he came in, slightly tipsy. He got his key and went upstairs. I followed in the elevator. When I got out on his floor, he tossed me a curious glance, but that was all. When he'd closed his door and I was on his side of it, he was even more puzzled. You got the wrong room. Uh-uh. Oh, yes, yes, you have. You got the wrong uh-uh. room. Now, do you mind... Are you Fred Vogel? Yes, how did you know? You were married to Barbara James? I... That's right. Well, come on, sit down, let's have a talk. Now, look, I like to talk, but it's one o'clock. Three o'clock. Well, you see, it's even later then. How about tomorrow? Well, I like to work at night. I'm with an insurance company. We're trying to locate your ex-wife. I haven't seen her in three years. No, no, four years. No, three and a half years. And what are you doing in town? Just passing through from New York to Hollywood. I took the northern route. Beautiful. I shunted off this way to see Barbara again. I thought I'd pay my respects to her new husband. Sounds too casual. You know, I'm glad you dropped in. I was out all night sitting in some crummy bar and there was nobody to talk to. Do you want to like a drink? No, thanks, anyhow. Well, you don't mind if I have one. No, go right ahead. Well, she left me, Mr. Oh, what? Anyhow, when she left me, I was destitute. Shook my confidence in myself. I always knew she was too good for me, but I never knew how much too good for me she was until she left me. Shouldn't have gone to New York. Why did you? Make money. Sure, make money. Why else would anybody be fool enough to go to New York? When I came back, she was gone. Gone with this guy, this James. Why did you come back, Fred? Had to see her again. Two months I've been in town. I'm almost broke. First two weeks, I didn't have nerve enough to go up to her place. And she disappeared. Now I can't go until I find out where she is. You've had a rough time. That's right. It's just what I need. I need somebody to sympathize with me. That's what I need. Oh, man, I wish, I wish you would have a drink. Yeah. All right, Fred. I'll have a drink. I went home at 5 and slept till 11. The only reason I woke up then was because somebody was ringing a telephone in my ears. Yeah, hello. You sound like you're in the crest of a hangover. Well, who's this? Yeah, what's up, Harrison? You know that Bennett was one of Barbara James' favorite people at one time? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a girl named Dorothy, a dice girl. Yeah, very nice. Dice. D-I-C-E, dice girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, dice girl. Uh, We found her this morning on the highway. Four bullets too late. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. A lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift. Helps you keep going at your best. 
So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. And now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Sure doesn't look like the apartment of a 26 girl. And this isn't installment furniture either, Lieutenant. Let's nose around in that closet. Huh? What? Imported brocade. Yeah. My wife's been pestering me for something like this for 10 years. Now, how would a girl like Dorothy rate all this? For being lovely? Or for being quiet? Possible. It's usually the former. Yeah, that's true. Wait a second. What are you doing? Looking at this label. Martin Rifling, Denver. Now lead me to the classified. Yeah, it's a very cute dollar. I wish I'd have thought of that. Yeah, here's the yellow book. Thanks. Ah, right, let's see. This is, this is, here we are. Now, Rifling. Right here. Martin Rifling, early 5687. There you are, Lieutenant. Make the call in the name of the law. Yeah. I... I hope they still have the records. On the other hand, a customer like this is... Uh, hello, say this is Lieutenant Harrison, Police Department. Have you got the records on a Miss Dorothy Weller? No, all right, sure. What's the deal? Says I have to talk to the manager. Uh, hello, say this is Lieutenant Harrison, Police Department. I'd like some information regarding a Miss Dorothy Weller. Yes, Weller. She had quite a substantial account with you, didn't she? Three thousand. Wow. Uh, look, uh, who paid the bill? What? She did. Well, did she ever come in with anybody? I see. Yes, I see. All right, thank you. Nothing. Paid everything herself. The bankroll wants to keep itself a secret. Well, let's check on some of this other stuff. Probably the same deal, Lieutenant. She was getting plenty from somewhere, and the gift was strictly anonymous. Got any ideas? Same one you got. I want to mess around here for a while. You go on over to Bennett's and check. I'll let you know if we're right, Lieutenant. And look, uh, why don't you take some of that imported brocade back to your wife? Huh? <laughs> don't be silly. Then I'd have to take her someplace expensive to show it off. Spence account item five, $1.30 taxi fare to the Yellowbird Cafe. It was two in the afternoon and the place was quiet as a mausoleum. I went to Bennett's office and tried the door. It opened. Bennett was in his chair, bent over the safe. As I closed the door, he bounced up. Dollar, what do you want? A little information. We came across some bills at a dress shop. Yeah? Yeah, $3,000. Guess whose name was on them. I don't even know what you're talking it's about. It's Dorothy Weller, that's who I'm talking about. $3,000. She must have come into some money. And now she's dead, and you were the rich uncle. I wouldn't spread those kind of rumors, Dollar. You killed her, Bennett. You killed her because she was bleeding you to death. Prove it. I can, by your bank account. She was your favorite charity. Get out of here. How does it tie in with Barbara James, Bennett? Get out, I said. You don't really want me to get out of here. If I did, I'd go right to the police and you'd be arrested on suspicion of murder. Now, come on, I want tales. All right. All right, darling. Barbara James never gave me the brush. And how did Dorothy Weller fit in? I sent her with a message to Barbara the night that we were going away. I sent her up there to tell her where to meet me. 
The night Barbara was killed? Yeah, that's right, the night she was killed. What happened up there? I don't know. Come on, Bennett. I tell you, I don't know. She wouldn't tell me. You paid her enough. I'm not to give me information to keep things to herself. If anybody ever found out that Barbara and I were going to run away together... So I spread the tale that she'd given me the brush months before. You could be lying, Bennett. Could be, but I'm not. If you're not, it smells of double blackmail. What do you mean? Come on, you're not that stupid. Obviously, Dorothy was playing both ends against the murder. You were supplying cash to keep your name out of the Barbara James guest book. And somebody else was paying her to keep quiet about what happened that night. Who would that be? James? You hit it right on the head, Bennett. Expense account item six, transportation to the Martin James place. I found old Mr. James out by the swimming pool, accumulating a wrinkled tan. He sent the nurse for something cool for me, and we settled down to conversation. Are you calling me a, a liar? All I know is something drastic happened the night Barbara James disappeared. Now, look, I don't prosecute anybody. I'm just an insurance man. My job is to find your wife, that's all. Oh, well, I've told you the truth. I... Oh, I'm afraid not, Mr. James. Because it happened something like this. You came home. Barbara was packing. She was there with another girl, a girl named Dorothy Weller. She told you she was running away with Bennett. You had a quarrel. Oh, it's the most You've been paying Dorothy Weller plenty to keep that quarrel to itself. By that sheer invention. Investigation, Mr. James. Now, exactly what happened. Oh, everything happened exactly as I told it to you. Bennett tells a different story. Then it'll have to be Bennett's word against mine. It'll be more than that, Mr. James. Dorothy Weller is dead. Huh? Yes. Uh-huh. Now, what happened that night? Old quarrel. Barbara said she was going away with Bennett. I didn't want her to go. She left anyhow. I paid Dorothy Weller a good deal of money, not to mention the quarrel to the police. What happened to your wife, Mr. James? I don't know. You didn't run away with Bennett. What happened to her, Mr. James? I don't you know. You killed her, didn't you? No, You told no. her you'd kill her before you'd let her go. And she tried to go and you shot her. Oh, no, that's a lie. I... Well, Mr. James, it's only a matter of time. Don't admit anything now. You don't have to. The only witness is dead. But we'll find the body. Oh, thanks for the drink. <laughs> Three weeks passed. Barbara James was still missing. We were stymied. No place to go. We searched every inch of the grounds on the James estate. We found nothing. The garbage disposal, nothing. The incinerator, nothing. Yet neither of us doubted that James had killed his wife. Sometimes he'd follow us around, his hands behind his back, a little smile on his face. I got to hate James. It was like losing at Canasta night after night to the same guy. One day, I was standing in the patio, looking down into the blue water of the pool, when somebody tapped me on the shoulder. Mind if we clean it? Huh? The pool. Oh. Uh, well, you better ask Mr. James. Oh, I thought you were going to use it or something. No. Well, we service the pool every two weeks, and unless somebody's using it, we go right to work, you know. Oh, well, go right to work, then. Yeah, sure thing. We built this pool, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been building pools in and around Denver for 25 years. My father was in business before that. This here's a beautiful job we did. We take real pride in this here pool. Yeah, it's a nice pool, all right. Oh, we got some beauties all around, but this here's our pride and joy. Solid gunite all the way through. Steel reinforcements, loot waller, pump and motor. Best equipment you can buy. This thing set old Mr. James back a plenty, but you get what you pay for. Nobody builds a better pool than us for the money. Oh, is that so? Oh, sure. And we take our time. 
Reroutine the work so as you get the pool as soon as possible. But that gunite, you know, it, it has to set at least 28 days. Then the plaster. I wouldn't fill it until all that had a chance to settle. But Mr. James got awful impatient. Wanted the pool filled 10 days after we gunnited. I told uh -huh. him, I said, Mr. James, you don't build a pool like this every day. He said, I know that. And I said, Mr. James, you want this pool right, and I'm going to make it right for you. A few more weeks ain't worth getting impatient about. Ah, impatient, was he? Oh, my, you should have heard him. But we stood our ground, you know. Oh, goodness, I wouldn't ruin a $10,000 pool for the sake of two weeks. Hey, uh, what's gunite? Well, I'll tell you. Gunite's a fine cement. We blow it out of a gun at 60 pounds pressure. Uh, see, poured cement ain't as good for a fool. But when you blow the cement into that steel reinforcement we lay down, that really gets in there and sticks. Practically all swimming pools are made of gunite now. When did you start the pool, Mr. Uh, uh, Dolph. Uh, Daniel T. Dolph. Oh, we started about, uh, let me see, May 23rd. We excavated then. Then we laid the steel, the 26th. Then we so the night of the, the 25th of May, there was nothing but a hole here. Oh, no, nothing but a big hole. We got the gardener to water down so he wouldn't cave in. Mr. Dolph. I'd like you to do something for me. Oh, sure thing. Drain the pool, will you? Drain it? Uh-huh. Uh oh, you don't have to ever drain a Daniel T. Dolph pool. You see, the filter system and the automatic skimmer, they take care of all the... I want you to drain it and get some air drills in here and then tear out the bottom. What? Tear out the bottom? You crazy? Tear out this pool? Well, you'll be paid for it and I'll get the authorization. This beautiful pool? After we did a job like this, what for? What for? Maybe for nothing, Mr. Dow. Oh, you... You uh, dig up the pool. That's right, Mr. James. Oh, that's the most outrageous suggestion. I've got a police order. Well, then you and the police department and the company you work for better be prepared to pay the consequences, Mr. Dow. I'll admit this is a pretty expensive hunch. But it's all right. I work for pretty expensive people. Hope you know what you're doing, Dollar. What? I said I hope you know what you're doing. Well, it's only a hunch, Lieutenant. May 25th, the girl disappeared. Now, May 25th, there was nothing but a big hole here. James knew that the next day, they'd put the steel reinforcement in and then gun right over it. What better place for a body? Oh, here comes James now. What? I said James is coming. Oh. Hello, darling. How are things progressing? Pretty well, Mr. James. Yeah, I hope you're having a good time. <laughs> Just like a small boy watching him tear up the street. Only this time it's going to cost you your job. Yeah. And your company. A lot of money. The order comes from the police department, Mr. James. You have to bring that up. Don't you think this is all just a little bit uh, childish, darling? Depends on what we find. If we don't find your wife, it's childish. If we do, it's logic. But rest easy, Mr. James. It won't be long now. Oh, wait a minute. I'm coming down. Come on, Lieutenant. Right behind you. Here. Right here, Dollar. You see, it shouldn't be this loose. Yeah, give me that shovel. Look, Johnny. Yeah. Great place for it. What is it, Dollar? Dollar, what is it? 
the grave, Doc. What? We better get after James. We... Hey, he's gone. Right, let's get up there. There he goes, Lieutenant. Hey, he's up on the porch. Come on, let's go. Stop! As you see, I have a gun. You don't want to add two more to your score, James. And why not? Dorothy and Barbara, and now you. Not this time. No, you Stop don't. Let it go, James. No, no, Oh, nice work, Dollar. You all right? Just fine. But Mr. James isn't going to need a new swimming pool. So Mr. Martin James had fashioned his wife's tomb, a foot of loam and quarter-inch steel mesh, four inches of cement, and eight and a half feet of water. A good tomb made to last a lifetime. But unfortunately, it wasn't quite deep enough. Expense account item nine, same as item one, $73.87, transportation, Denver, Colorado to Hartford. Expense account total, $344.59. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role, and is written by Gil Dowd and David Ellis with music composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Edmund O'Brien can soon be seen starring in Columbia Pictures' production, 7-Eleven Ocean Drive. Featured in tonight's cast were Parley Bear, Jack Moyles, Howard McNear, Stacey Harris, Gene Spaulding, and Jay Novello. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum every day. We invite you to join us again next week at this same time when, from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien returns in another adventure of... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS... The Columbia Broadcasting System. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment, Edmund O'Brien as... Johnny Dollar. George Donnelly, Swanson Industrial, Johnny. Afraid we're having engine trouble. Come again? We got a substantial policy on the Belo Horizonte Railroad in Brazil, both equipment and personnel. It's only a small road, but our losses in the past few months have been extensive. What happened? Four locomotives piled up in two months, 20 dead. We got a pair of conflicting reports. Looks like either insurance fraud or murder. With my luck, George, it's probably both. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you Edmund O'Brien in another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert. Adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Swanson Industrial Insurance Corporation of Hartford. Attention, George Donnelly. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during investigation of the Belo Horizonte Railroad matter. Expense account item one, $500.38 transportation Hartford to New York to Rio de Janeiro. I found the executive offices of the railroad, all right. Avenue Graca Aranya, 392. But I didn't find the president, Mr. Benjamin J. Hulley. Reason? They'd taken him to the hospital that afternoon. A nurse at the Santa Maria told me that Benjamin Hulley had left strict orders that the minute I came in, I should be admitted to his room. I found him propped up in a bed. There was the smell of alcohol and boiled milk. Ulcers. Peptic or duodenal, we don't know. Nobody knows. The end product of acid indigestion. Insurance? <laughs> You'll have ulcers, too. Probably. It starts with heartburn. Then the gnawing pain before meals. Then all of a sudden, you've got them. The disease is a businessman. Hey, maybe we'd better postpone our talk for a while. Now, what's the difference whether I think about it or talk about it? Just where get it out of my system. Otherwise, it eats at me. Consider yourself a treatment. Well, we'll cut it short. I can give you a condensed version. Four locomotives, 20 dead. Yeah, but what am I giving you this for? You've got reports. Two of them. One said accidental. The other said equipment had been tampered Ridiculous. with. Ridiculous. Accidental. How could it possibly be accidental? Four in two months. Easy, Mr. Four Hallie, in two months. Easy. Listen to the facts. One engine came in a wooden trestle over the rear of the ballast. A trestle that had held up for almost a half century. Two dead. Only cabin tender, luckily... 
Could have been a freight. Another derailed and bombed a statue. Two more uh, glided off a siding a few miles west of the port of Vittorio. Accidental, my foot. Who sent you the accidental report? Myers, Henry Myers, foreman of the roundhouse at Belo Horizonte. That stupid, moronic, idiotic, blundering fool. You're going to pop something carrying on like this, Mr. Holly. If you don't calm down, I'm going to get kicked out of here. Don't treat me like a baby. I know what I'm doing. Now, I meant to write a personal letter to Mr. Donnelly thanking him for the checks. They were prompt, very prompt. Your company is to be complimented. We'd rather be informed. Look, what kind of a railroad do you run, Mr. Holly? Manganese. Nothing but manganese. A little bauxite, but not enough to cover the bottom of a gondola car. Manganese is our load. And if you ask me... That's the trouble right there. Where? Peter Yaradan. Who's Peter Yaradan? He's beyond description, Mr. Dollar. The greediest, trickiest man I've ever known. I haul manganese for a competitor. At first, he tried to buy me out. I wouldn't sell. Then he used other methods. He spread vicious rumors about Belo Horizonte Railroad stock being worth it. It almost ruined me. How about the crashes? Isn't there any evidence that someone tampered with the machinery? No, none. Whatever proof might have existed would have been destroyed in the crash. Which is exactly why I suspect Yaradan. Why, with this railroad in his hands, he'd control the entire market down here. Well, I think I've taken up enough of your time, Mr. Holly. Uh, Mr. Dollar, I'm an old man. I've, I've worked very hard. I started as an engineer with this railroad 25 years ago. Worked myself up to the presidency. Whatever this road is, I've made it. I'd be everlastingly grateful if you'd put Yerevan just where he belongs, behind bars. My job is investigation, not prosecution, Mr. Holly. Take my word, Mr. Dollar. It's Yerevan. Well, before I go any further, I'd like to talk to this Myers, the foreman in Belo Horizonte. That's very wise. It's about 400 miles north. I'll have a car and driver waiting for you in the morning. That is what my mother has named me. I do not know why. Perhaps after a pig or a cow, my mother named all her children after animals. Uh, it is what you might call nickname. Of course, nicknames are terrible things. They stick to you like paste. You like the way I drive? Ah, you drive swell. Swell? Uh, good, fine, great. Oh, no, no, not that. The compliments are too much. Uh, maybe fine, perhaps good, but not great. Why you go to Belo Horizonte, Mr. Dollar? Business? Ah, you're silly. Hmm? You're silly. Do you think you can keep your business from me? you think you are hiding something in the state of Minas Gerais? You're foolish to try. Then why am I going to Belo Horizonte? Your name is Johnny Dollar. You investigate people for an insurance company. You are here by the engine crashes. You are going up to see Mr. Myers, who worked for Mr. Holly. You will find nothing. Is that enough? Where did you find out these bits of information? Well, around the town, around the town. How do you know I won't find anything? A brilliant mind. A gift of my father, who also had a brilliant mind. Uh, tell me, do I really look like a driver? Why? What are you supposed to be? Uh, this is merely a costume. I am in reality a poet, philosopher, a seventh son. Hey, can't you make this thing go faster, seventh son? Ah, Americans. Through the mountains faster. You are crazy. That is why you make so much money, and that is why Americans have Olsen. Second. 
dollar, Mrs. Myers. Yeah. From Hartford, Connecticut, insurance investigator. I'd like to talk to your husband, if I may. He ain't here. When do you expect him? I don't know. He's about the record. That's right. Well, I don't know if it'd be right to ask you or not. Well, it's up to you. I'm not from the police, you know. Yeah, I suppose it'll be all right. Thanks. He's shaving. Oh, I got plenty of time. Saturday evening posters coming from the States, if you like to see it. Oh, fine, man. And there's caramels on the table. Oh, never touch the thing. I'd like you to know, Mr. Dollar. Yeah. Well, I'd like you to know Henry don't know a thing about this business. I just wanted to ask him some questions about the accident report he sent into our office. He wrote what he's seen, and that was all he wrote. I wouldn't be concerned, Mrs. Myers. And no matter what anybody says, Henry had no more to do with the busted pins and them rods than the man in the moon. He checked before it went out of the yard, and he checked Brian. just before... Uh-oh. Said enough. Get into the kitchen. I didn't say nothing to him. Go on. I didn't say a thing. She talks a lot. Dollar, did you see? That's right. She talks a great deal for a woman her age. Her parents let her gab all the time. Have a caramel? No, thanks. Hey, uh, what's this about busted pins? Yeah, she mouths. Come on, Myers. If you've got nothing to hide, there's no sense evading the questions. Pins were sawed. Somebody, I don't know. I should have checked them before they left the yard, but I didn't. That's why you reported the crashes as accidental? All right, I was scared. A man gets scared for his job. How do you know about the busted pins? After the wreck, one of the guys told me. You mean somebody knew the pins were broken and he let the engine leave the yard? Yeah. Who? Come on, Myers. Who? You have to find that out yourself, Dollar. You're in plenty of trouble, Myers. I told you all I'm going to tell you. Now get out of here. Okay. But if you change your mind, I'll be at the San Carlos Hotel. I'll remember that. The San Carlos. All day. If you sit here in your room all day, Mr. Dollar, you do not have the benefit of the sunshine which plays so gently upon the soil. I'm waiting for a call, Seeker. Are you certain you would not like another game of Monopoly? No, you won't. Yes, company, you are dull. Sorry. If it were not orders, I would go back home. Yeah? If I insulted you, would you fight with me? Oh, too tired. Even if I call you a coward and a thief? They will never hurt me. Well, if I... Ah. Johnny Dollar. This is Henry Myers, Dollar. Be over here in five minutes. I'll give you the stuff you want. Don't move. I'll be there. You want Myers? He'll talk it up. Come on, let's go. How did you know he would call? I didn't. Then why were you waiting? What else could I do? Ah, uh, the American mind. Shrewd. Here, let me off at the next corner. All right. And uh, pick me up in about a quarter of an hour. No, no, no. I go in with you. All right, come on then. Do not run so fast. Oh, my ain't peep. Pooped. Pooped, peep. No answer. Look. Look on the floor. Maya. Looks like somebody had an earlier appointment. She's still breathing. Maya. Who did it, Maya? Vita. Go to. There, Vita. There. He's there. What is there, Vita? Don't look at me, Seeker. 
I don't speak the language. Somebody's called. Mrs. Myers, come on, Peters. Oh, hello. What you been doing? Talking to Henry? Uh, don't go in there, Mrs. Myers. Why not? I get poison oak or something, it's my house. Hey, don't, Mrs. Myers. It's your husband's. What's the matter with him? He's dead. What? Somebody shot him. Let me in there. Mrs. Myers, please. Henry. Henry, I knew they'd do it. I knew they'd get him. I knew it, I knew it, I knew they'd get him. I knew they'd get him. I knew they'd get him. Mrs. Myers. I knew they'd get him. I knew they'd get him. Mrs. Myers. Who, Mrs. Myers? Who would get him? Gerald Dan. Wish I'd never heard the name. Gerald Dan. Now try to remember. What does the word mean to you? Servita. Is it a town? I don't know. A mountain? A person? Or oh, try, Mrs. Myers. Your husband must have mentioned the word here sometime. Look, if I remembered, I'd tell you, wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, the police probably seek a call about half an hour ago. Come in. Mr. Taylor? Wrong house, bud. Oh, uh, permit me to refer to my past. Dollar? That's right. Oh, good. I was sent to pick you up. Oh, really? By whom? No trouble. I am properly armed. The woman and your driver will also come. Uh, better not argue, Mrs. Myers. He's the same one who killed Henry. He must be. Who's your boss, friend? Yaradan, Mr. Dollar. Peter Yaradan. <laughs> Now, Mr. Dollar. How do you do, Mr. Dollar? Mr. Yaradan? Correct. Be seated, please. I will send my man for something quick. No, thanks, but I'm not going to be here long. You have faith in my tolerance, Mr. Dollar. In your intelligence, Mr. Yaradan. A man of your reputation should know better than to play with guns. At times, a man of my reputation has no choice. Ah, careful, Mr. Dollar. Let's get to the point. Very well. I hear that your investigation is not progressing very satisfactorily. I thought perhaps a rest might gain you a new perspective. I doubt it. Tell me, how is dear Mr. Hutton? He's not so good. Oh, shit. He tells so many tales that are untrue. He is lucky to be dying of natural causes. Something I hope I should be spared. Just keep piling up that manganese, Mr. Arden, and you won't have to worry. Is Mr. Halley telling that silly, silly story again? If you mean the one about your wrecking locomotives and spreading false financial rumors, yes. Oh, you don't. Believe that nonsense, do you? I'm not paid to believe anything, Mr. Yarrett, and I'm like an old hound. I just follow my nose. That is not very complimentary. You can take it for what it's worth. I like you, Donna. Business-minded, dogged, courage to the point of bravado. You would not consider taking a position with me at, uh, let us say, three times your present annual income, would you? Funny way to offer a man a job, Yarrett, with one finger on the trigger. Well, I prefer to keep our relationship on this plane until I find out your position. I'm afraid we wouldn't get along, Yaradan. <sighs> you are probably right. And it is such a shame, Mr. Dollar. You could have gotten so much more per hour while you were still alive. 
make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. A lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift, helps you keep going at your best. So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. And now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Sheridan smiled, but this was his living room. He wouldn't do it here. In that small moment of silence, I tried to see everything within my field of vision without taking my eyes from Yaradin's face. There was the blur of something metal to my right, something that curved toward the ceiling, something a few inches from my hand. I reached out and pushed it over on top of him. The floor lamp landed on his chest, and the shot went wild. I threw my arms in front of my face and jumped out a latticed window. I landed about ten feet down in Yaradin's rock garden, right in the middle of a clump of stubby cactus. I ran out through the open gate, and I didn't stop running until I found myself at the San Carlos Hotel. Expense account item two, three, four, five, and six. Thirty dollars and fifty-nine cents miscellany to tie up the loose ends. For example, telegrams, one to Holly, wishing him better health and asking him for a definition of the word vervida. Two more to the police of Bom Despacho on Victoria, requesting reports on the crashes. Another to the company in Hartford, gently hinting at foul play. I wrote a full report of my findings, including names, left it with the notary public at the hotel, and ambled casually back to the large house of Peter Yaradin. Don't just stand there with your teeth showing. Invite me in. Thank you. Now run to the study like a good little boy and tell your boss he has a caller. Hurry up now. Put up your hands, Mr. Don. Don't be silly. You don't think I'd come back here without adequate protection? Put that thing away. Come with me. Come in. Mr. Yaradan, it's Mr. Dollar. I'm back. Couldn't leave without getting an apology, Yaradan. This is a surprise seeing you again. All right, Plash, you can go. But, Mr. Yaradan, last time... It is all right. I will be perfectly safe. Yes, sir. I will be at the door. You made a brilliant exit, Mr. Dollar. However, it is a shame I frightened you with my innocent conversation. Fear comes in handy sometimes, Yaradan. It saved my skin a couple of times lately. You have contacted the police? Not about you. You have come alone? Alone. You have a remarkable mind, Dollar. You think I can allow you to leave this house? Not only leave this house, mister, but leave with some information. <laughs> I filed a full report, complete with names, places, and time of day. If I'm not back to get that report in two hours, it goes to the police department. And just where did you file this report, Mr. Dollar? That's the little secret right there. I am holding two friends of yours, you know. I know. I would exchange their lives for the report. I'm sick of your office, Yaradan. You're going to release Mrs. Myers and Seeker, and you're going to tell me all about the word Bervida. How I wish I had a man like you working for me. 
Pervida, Yarada. Of course, Pervida. But what you are really asking is, did I have any part in the railroad matter? You can answer that one, too. The answer is no. You don't believe me. Go on. The Barrow Horizonte Railroad has been on the verge of bankruptcy for two years. But Mr. Bellum Benjamin Halley is a very stubborn man. I have offered to buy him out a thousand times. And he'd rather sell to the devil. I think he would. You see, the manganese fields in the Minas Gerais are owned by a competitor of mine. A small competitor, but a competitor. These fields are very valuable. At the rate of their present exploitation, however, they make little profit. Uh, small operation. Exactly. If I had the fields, I could make them pay and pay very well. If I owned the railroad, I could push the freight rates, force my competitor out of business, and take over the fields. But Holly refuses to sell, even at a large profit. And the crashes? They should be obvious, especially to you, an insurance man. Railroad is failing. So if he is scuttling his equipment and getting the insurance. And Bervita? Hey, if I could get to him, I would have all the information I need to put Honey where he belongs. Okay, Aaron. I uh, sense something of disbelief in your thoughts. There are other possibilities. Oh, right now I'll keep them to myself. Dollar, I will give you $10,000 not to deliver your report. I'm glad you made that offer, Yaradan. That tells me a lot. Tells you what? That you've been giving me a nice mixture of facts and fancy. Now bring Sika and Mrs. Myers down here. We're going back to the hotel. Whoever he is, wherever he is, his life's in danger. If you don't trust me, you better find somebody real fast or Mr. Bervita is going to be dead. Oh, they wouldn't kill him. He's in somebody's way or Yaradan wouldn't be that interested. All right, all right. There was 20 killed in the four crashes, Mr. Dollar. 20 dead, that's right. Yeah, and one injured. Ah, a survivor. The only witness. Bervita. Yeah, Bervita. Where is he? Small cabin in the mountains. I'm the only one that knows besides Henry. Bervita was fireman on one of the engines that crashed near Victoria. He saw somebody pull the hand switch so the two locomotives were on the same track. The engineer put on the brakes, but not quick enough. Bervita jumped. Thanks, Mrs. Myers. I think I'll have the notary mail that report on Yaradan to Hartford for safekeeping. And, Seeker, my boy, we're going to pay our respects to Mr. Bervita. You stay here in the hotel, Mrs. Myers. I want to know who killed my husband. I'll give you that information when I get back. I'll contact Rio and have Mr. Hulley's secretary put through an authorization for a locomotive and engineer to take me up. There's a dirt road, Mr. Dollar. Why don't you take a car? No, no, no. I think the locomotive is much faster. Seeger's right, Mrs. Myers. We'll go by rail. Uh, Mr. Dollar. Yeah? Uh, would you mind very much if I stayed here in Belo Horizonte? <laughs> Wife and children, you know. Well, I never would have put you down as having a family, Seeger. Well, to tell the truth, I don't, but someday I hope to have. <laughs> Talk to you. Come in. 
Hands up. Stay outside, Siegel. But it's late at night, Wolf. Foxes. Stay outside. Uh, what do you want? I've come all the way up here to ask you a question, Mr. Bervita. I won't answer anybody's question. Even for Henry Myers? What about Henry Meyer? They killed him. Good. I'm glad they got him. As much as I hate them, I hate him worse. He was the one who sought the wheel pins. I'm glad they got him. And who pulled the switch handle? I'm not answering any questions. Go away. Go away or I shoot. Go away. Look out, look out. Down the truck. Who is it, Seeker? It's for dark. I couldn't see. He's trying to throw the engine. Get that light out. We'll make too good a target at the door. Yes. Come this way. He's just guessing, Seeker. Yes, but that was a good guess. I could hear it. Come on, Seeker. Let's get down to that engine. Oh, I wish I had a gun. I wish you had a gun. I wish one of the two of us had a gun. Hey, someone is climbing into the cab. The engine's on a hill. It will not take too long to start. Look. Look, he's dumped the engine into the ground. The engine is starting. We'll never get there in time. Stop! Stop! He's going too fast. There's a curve up ahead. They're much too fast. Look. It can't make the curve. There is nothing left of it, Mr. Dollar. Nothing but twisted pipe. Look out. Don't touch it, Peter. Most of it's still at boiling point. There is no sign of anyone. Yeah, but there was someone in that cab. Must be a trace of them somewhere around here. Come on, let's keep looking. But the boiler exploded. You think there was any part of a man in this bunch of wreck? You're crazy, Mr. Dollar. Look, look there. Uh, did you find something? Yeah. There's a wallet. The outside's burned to a crisp. Look, can you open it? Well, I can't read the cup. Wait. Here's one that isn't burned. Ah, uh ah. -huh. What does it say, Mr. Butler? It says, this certifies that the holder is a 25-year member of the Railway Engineers of South America. And the name? What is the name? Benjamin J. Hulley, late president of the Bellows Horizonte Railroad. Here's the way it added up. Hulley had come by car. We found it just off the dirt road a mile down from their Vita's shack. The murder of Henry Myers remains an unsolved case. Police assume someone in the employer of Benjamin Hulley pulled the trigger, but I guess they'll never know for sure. Due to my report and public resentment against him, Yaradan was forced to leave the country. The Belo Horizonte Railroad is now in receivership, but it's still hauling manganese from the interior. I might say this was one case that had me stumped right up to train time. Expense account item seven, same as item one, $500.38, transportation to New York and Hartford. Expense account total, $1,492.54. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley's Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role and is written by Gil Dowd and David Ellis with music composed and conducted by Leif Stevens. Edmund O'Brien can soon be seen starring in the Columbia Pictures production, 7-Eleven Ocean Drive. Featured in tonight's cast were Bob Griffin, Francis X. Bushman, Anthony Barrett, Martha Wentworth, Joe Duvall, Jack Crucian, and Ted DeCorsia. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum every day. We invite you to join us again next week at the same time when, from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien returns in another adventure of... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, your home for Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.